Hello and welcome to DavCat43 Fights Fascism. Thanks for tuning in. Today's phrases to listen out for are blue-collar rift, economic abuse, and disenfranchised voters. So hopefully you'll listen long enough to hear all three. We're knee-deep in impeachment hearings at the moment, of course, uh, and there's so much to talk about. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Tuning in. Uh, so some people might have been online already listening to the Dem debate, which I wasn't doing. I've washed my hair. Uh, <laughs> but I've been keeping up with, hey, DJ, I've been keeping up with uh, postings about it. And I would just like to say at this point, go Kamala. Uh, I also watched a great ad in which uh, she said she's the anti-Trump, or rather a calm, authoritative male voice said that she is the anti-Trump. Now, I promise that this scope is going to be an honest accounting of the obstacles. Thank you, DJ. Hi, Paul. Hi, Brian. An honest accounting of the obstacles in our way uh, in, in terms of being able to defeat fascism. Trump brand fascism. I like to use the phrase Trump brand fascism because a lot of people might remember that Trump branded things typically went bust. Trump brand vodka, Trump brand steaks, Trump, Trump brand university, <laughs> university, etc. So no, it won't be easy because even as a majority of Americans reject Trumpism and reject the scandals, the corruption, etc., uh, it's still a... There's still a sharp rural-urban divide, which means uh, the weightings that are part of the electoral college system have more consequence and more significance. So the electoral college system decides the outcome of the vote when certain factors align, when there is uh, more of a pronounced difference between the way rural voters vote compared to the way urban voters vote. Uh, because the electoral college system favours people from rural areas where there was previously a high uh, slave population in America's history and there was the three-fifths compromise giving uh, slave owners an addition made to their state of three out of every five slaves they owned could be counted towards a population tally then used to calculate weightings for different states to give disproportionate impact to people hailing from states where there were a lot of slaves on a lot of rural uh, businesses deriving profit from the forced labor of owned human beings. Yes, Trump understands that the Electoral College, uh, with Putin's kickstart, Kickstarter program, uh, can be enough together with the psychology of accommodation, whereby people are reluctant to consider that they might have been wrong and have thrown their lot entirely in at an emotional level with a snake oil salesman president who promises the world and gets people to buy in with a feeling of euphoria and uh, magical omnipotence in which they feel like they can do anything because Trump is powerful in that he has the power to not care about things that normal decent people care about. Not everybody celebrates that power, but Trump voters are the type of people who are gleefully embracing someone who is untethered from the truth and untethered from 
uh, social standards against uh, harming children, against betraying allies, uh, against ripping people off. They don't mind that he had to settle uh, a court case for $25 million in which his pretend university was found to be fraudulent and have ripped customers off. They don't mind because Trump is the bully in their corner. So I just read a phrase in which someone described something as the blue-collar rift and said that this has not really healed. Let me have a look. Ah. Uh. The blue-collar rift in this country hasn't been healed in any way and Trump still commands tremendous loyalty amongst his supporters, said a Democratic strategist, Hank Scheinkopf. Any Democrat who looks at that data should be concerned. So at that point, that article was written in, in the 5th of November, on the 5th of November, and... <sighs> <laughs> and uh, well, we won't mute them because am I entirely sure? Yeah, right, they are. Are they a troll? No, I feel like I've seen that person before not being a troll. But maybe they are. We'll give them one more chance. So, yes, yeah, something is terribly wrong. It's a historical pattern uh, that. The human race has seen over and over again when a democracy becomes corrupted uh, instead of a mass of people, a majority of people being able to see through a charlatan, uh, some problem happens with the democracy, some type of subversion of the process and the majority's view is discounted or discarded and a minority popular, a minoritarian populist wins government somehow or, or is ascends to higher office. In Hitler's case, he won 30% of the vote in Germany, but the Chancellor at the time decided to uh, hold out a, a white, an olive branch to, to the violent and enthusiastic uh, Hitler supporters and appointed Hitler to be the Chancellor of Germany, even though he didn't win a majority of German votes. So again, democracy is a gamble that a majority of people will see through uh, a smooth, glib-talking charlatan. But at the same time, when democracies are hampered uh, and they're distorted by violence uh, or cult thinking, problems lie ahead and tyrants can find uh, their passage to power. Oh, no, this is a troll. Now, you, you are getting muted, troll, because pointing out that Trump's daughter is Jewish isn't, isn't relevant to us. Uh, she is Jewish, but she's also extremely corrupt. Uh, Stephen Miller's Jewish, and he's essentially a neo-Nazi who seeks and reads and promotes neo-Nazi uh, resources and websites and books. So, no, you, you were right, Paul. <laughs> I wasn't entirely sure. My, my apologies for doubting you. That was certainly a troll. Now, sometimes people say, oh, it would be interesting, Dav, if you could engage uh, people who, who don't agree with you. And I say, 
usually, no, I, I don't give a platform to trolls or troll arguments. Uh, they're not made in good faith and they're made by people who are so lost to cult thinking. You will never be able to have a, an interesting debate where they bounce back off your ideas. There's no bouncing from people who have essentially protected their thoughts in a concrete shell of cult thinking. So, so yes, we do mute them. But let's talk some more about this blue-collar rift and how and brainstorm ways in which we could understand it and heal it. Understanding is uh, often the beginning part of, a, of solving problems. And I don't want to make the mistake of offering the type of appeasement or olive branches that were offered to Hitler, first by the, uh, the, chan the original Chancellor of Germany who offered Hitler the position as a conciliatory gesture. Uh, secondly, the appeasement gesture offered by Neville Chamberlain who brandished some papers saying peace in our time that Hitler had agreed to limit his uh, fascist expansionism plans. Uh, and of course, that piece of paper and Hitler's signature weren't worth the paper it was written on. Uh, Hitler, like like many despots before and after him, uh, just pursued what he wanted and considered himself to be untethered from uh, normal moral precepts such as honoring your promises, honoring agreements, etc. And we can see that with Trump that he has dishonored so many agreements that the US has entered into. So let's look at the states that we're worried about. Arizona, Florida, Michigan, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. And do an analysis of why there might be a white a blue collar rift in the US. It might be the case that uh, the meritocracy hasn't worked out and that people feel resentful of the implication that those who have succeeded in climbing the educational ladder are somehow worthier than people who engage in trades, uh, etc. It might be that the economy has pivoted more towards service occupations where education is of increasing importance. So what we're seeing is a backlash against a loss of power and, and prestige and significance, that the American economy derives more value now from uh, thinking professions or... Uh, professions with high levels of intellectual skill rather than practical uh, mechanical skills. Hi, Wesley, who is watching from South Carolina. So when I want my children to uh, utilize a behavior more, I try to model it. So with the U.S., noticing some of the destructive impact that hyper-partisanship has on people's thinking, I think, well, perhaps we could model less partisanship. We could model uh, talking about values that should unite Americans. And that's one of the reasons why people watch the Dem debates. They're looking for leadership qualities, not just to choose someone to, whom to vote for, but hoping to hear positive messages to unite America around. And... Leadership is, in this particular time, so critical because Trump still benefits from people projecting alpha values onto him because of the, what he is. Uh, he is a reality TV star who was fabricated as a successful businessman when he had actually provided over six bankruptcies. He had bankrupted multiple casinos and businesses. Uh, so... 
Someone comments, give it all away, and I'm not entirely sure what they're talking about. Uh, I'd, one way of healing the economic uh, the blue-collar rift might be emphasizing the economic abuse that Trump is subjecting various groups of Americans to because the left are sometimes a little bit prone to stereotyping and which is why it's always so difficult for us to process that Kanye West or an African-American person could support Trump, even though statistically speaking, we should be able to accept that level of complexity. There are a small margin of voters who are people of color who vote for Trump. I believe it's 8% of registered black voters support Trump. It's a small margin, but they exist. So we don't need to uh, operate in a a field of that in type of intellectual shortcutting where we assume that all people of colour reject Trump purely by virtue of being people of colour. Uh, people are not monolithic and various people can subscribe to different ideas. It just is the case that most people who've experienced the type of discrimination and systemic disadvantage uh, perpetuated on, upon people of colour by uh, American institutions and governments, then then we understand why a large proportion of black people can see through Trump's BS. But some people are still people who have imbibed strongly on libertarian ideas and believe that their personal prosperity and economic success is dependent on supporting Trump and promoting his policies, his behaviours uh, and his low, low standards. So who do we know that are victims of Trump's economic abuse? People in uh, people in farming communities who might understand that they're hello Brian. Let, I'll just finish the sentence. People in farming communities who understand that their trading relationships have been destroyed by Trump's tariff tariff and trade wars. So Brian, what would you like to say? Mm-hmm. Are you talking about metaphorical fires at this point or literal fires? Metaphor. Okay, so we're talking metaphorical fires and you're talking as well about farmers and how they're suffering. I know the, the rate of farmer bankruptcy and farmer suicide has gone up significantly under Trump uh, and because farmers are losing their trading relationships. So even when uh, Trump allocates $28 billion of taxpayer money to go to farmers, not all of that is delivered effectively or efficiently. Uh, Kevin's pointing out that farmers in Wisconsin are being specifically hit hard is that so more the case in farmers in Iowa or, or Michigan as well? Because I hear that that's what's happening. I hear that soybeans are one of uh, farmers' principal exports and that soybean uh, trades have really been devastated by Trump's actions. Yep. 
big multinational companies and and Chinese foreign-owned companies uh, presumably being able to snap up a lot of the land of bankrupted farmers. Thanks for thanks for joining in, Brian. Um, one more question before you go: uh, are, are you personally are you personally uh, hearing a backlash against Trump that would amount to people not voting for him, or do you think they're just angry f- angry with him, but they would still vote for him or a Republican? Oh, I think we've lost Brian. Okay, never mind. You can type out your answer, Brian, if you if you prefer. Uh, I think we lost the connection, the connection there. So, what we were arguing, not arguing, what we were discussing was uh, the effect on farmers being so negative uh, because Trump is sabotaging their trading relationships, meaning that going forwards, they don't have the same markets to export to. Uh, even if they're paid compensation, socialist compensation in terms of government handouts, for now, that is a reprieve from, from being bankrupted, perhaps temporarily, but going forwards, they will be bankrupted because there are not buyers to replace those buyers. Trump will noisily proclaim to have made trade deals that are non-existent. I mean, he keeps talking about progress that he's making on a deal with China, and then reporting comes out that to say that, nope, China is um, hanging tough for some more tariff reductions and uh, is more prepared to wait out Trump and his uh, <laughs> negotiation strategies. Can we attribute the Chinese buy-up of farmland to Trump's policies? To a degree, we can. China is already targeting American farmland for purchase, but Trump, Trump's policies and actions have bankrupted more farmers. The rate of bankruptcies has risen by at least 13% since Trump took power. Uh, Brian's saying the governor here, one here running against a Trump person. Oh, Trump came down here three times. You're from Louisiana. And Kevin is from uh, Nebraska. And Nebraska is a different state to Wisconsin. So Wisconsin is hurting as uh, Wisconsin is hurting specifically, but Nebraska is also hurting. Uh, and yes, Brian pointed out that Trump paid three visits to Louisiana and begged people at a Trump rally to take their neighbors and friends with them out to vote because he needed a win. Uh, so we have a lot of people who will engage in what I will call reflexive thinking. When they hear something partisan, they will reflexively disagree with it or denounce it. Now, I'm keen to figure out for myself if farmers uh, will reject Trump at the polls because I'd always believed that they would after they were suffering as a consequence of Trump's behavior. But then I saw uh, some polls from the agricultural societies in the US and it seemed that farmers still believed that Trump would resolve uh, negotiations with China and that they would... Uh, ultimately benefit and so they were still quite loyal to him and in fact their support for him had risen that was a few months ago at this point they may have been a last hurrah in terms of their belief in Trump that belief may have significantly subsided now as the trade deals with China still haven't eventuated but Trump 
can easily brainwash people who are already susceptible to believing Republicans, who are already inclined to think in, along partisan lines. They process evidence in, along partisan lines. So I'm thinking that Trump may be able to tell farmers that it's Nancy Pelosi's fault for not uh, doing something, for not facilitating some adaptation of the deal with Mexico for his new Mexico trade deal. Hey, Dem Warrior Princess. Uh, Bob is making the point, Holly42 is making the point that the largest milk producer filed for bankruptcy last week. Ah, yes, I saw that. To do with changing American appetites for dairy, people are opting for milk substitutes such as oat milk and soy milk and almond milk, but it's still uh, not helped by Trump because even if your domestic market for milk is reduced, uh, I'm sure Trump is negatively impacting on foreign export markets. David says that some people are so simple-minded they're like a tandy computer. Uh, someone else is, Brian is making another comment, impeachment watch. And David is from North Carolina, which consistently disappoints in elections. Let's see, why why. Do areas of America disappoint? Why do Americans vote for self-defeating, self-destructive things? I'm reminded of my need to read the book Dying of Whiteness, which I still haven't purchased, but I think will give me a much more well-rounded understanding of the attraction to Republican politicians and to very self-defeating policies, which take away so many intangible benefits from the U.S., the benefits of uh, previous generations where there were high marginal tax rates, um, billionaires contributed proportionately to the tax base collected by the government and therefore facilitated the building of strong infrastructure and strong public education systems that allowed for a well-educated, uh, motivated workforce that generated income and were productive and generated income for themselves that allowed them to spend money that helped create a solid middle class in the first place, that then allowed for uh, the purchasing power of the, a powerful middle class. Uh, RJN73 is saying we need a better process to elect regular Joes or Josephines is my addition to your assertion. Regular Joes or Josephines because uh, just even people who speak in a language that is accessible uh, to, to the bulk of the bell curve. If we understand that academics and academic speak is appealing to the top end of the bell curve, what's happening to the middle? Well, we are at an inherent disadvantage if we acknowledge the problems of environmental calamity associated with climate change because it sounds like a downer and voters are often drawn to people who confident who are alpha and the projected outcome for the human race is poor at this point poor because it seems to be so fundamentally difficult for us to wrap our brains around the need to address the problem and the urgency of the problem and the scale of likely devastation that awaits us when we don't address it the problem so we need someone so strong that they can overcome that inherent uh negative association with people who point out an unpalatable problem. 
So essentially, if extinction awaits us as a human, as a, as a species, uh, our, is democracy resilient enough to cope with a candidate who has to point out, we need to address this problem, otherwise we jeopardise our food distribution systems, our food production systems, and we don't have enough to eat and we don't have enough to drink and we can't insure ourselves because there are so many fires and tornadoes and hurricanes that are displacing people, rendering them homeless, injuring them, leaving them with medical bills that they can't pay because America's healthcare system is so problematically organised, etc. I saw someone's bill that they posted from their father for his one-month admission to hospital for chemotherapy treatment, and there was a $90,000 bill for admission to the hospital. So the paperwork um, in admitting one man to hospital was costing $90,000 in the way that they configured a bill. And, and that was just the beginning, obviously, then the cost of chemo and a bed to stay in and interaction with doctors. It is inconceivable to me that somebody could be billed over $400,000 for a chemo treatment that would be free in uh, any country that had universal health care, any country in the developed world that had an appropriate attitude to sharing wealth and not just and not, not such a high tolerance level for wealth hoarding. So everything's on a continuum. There's no simple answer that will fix us. But to move away from America's current position on this continuum of venerating billionaires and acquiescing to such low regulation, such low levels of accountability for wealth generators, uh, shows us that something needs to change. We need to be able to push people's opinion a bit nudge it a bit lefter. We need to keep talking and telling stories uh, and reflecting on the different societal forces that have led us to this point where too many people are too susceptible to a greed is good, might is right mantra. Uh, and that's, that's all from me for today. I hope it's been interesting. And if you have any suggestions for segments for uh, this Periscope or if you would like to be able to write in questions and have me address them with a, a little bit more time to research and, and any language choices. Thanks, Craig. Any language choices that help us uh, explain to Americans that one thing that needs to change is we all have to help uh, the disenfranchised voters uh, get given the right to vote again, be given access to voting machines or voting ballot papers, etc. Because currently, to be honest, there are too many obstacles in the way of voting for people of colour. Oh, no, but I'll put it in my diary. Uh, I, do I follow you on Facebook, Champagne? We, you could uh, direct message me. So Trump has, or any generic Democratic candidate, has a 17-point lead against Trump amongst college-educated voters and a 24% advantage amongst non-white voters. So non-white voters, regardless of, of economic class, understand that Trump... Uh, understand in the majority sense that Trump is a non-viable president. 20-point edge amongst anyone under 45, so young people see through Trump. 
and a 17-point lead amongst women. So women recognise that Trump is a sexual predator who deserves prison rather than uh, being enshrined as a leader and that he harms children and families. Uh, Whereas Trump has... is three points up on Dems amongst white voters overall and three points up amongst non-college degree voters, eight points amongst men and seven points up amongst um, voters aged 45 years or older. So who are the people who, who ideally would start to change? Uh, do we think men can – we can encourage men – to have their protective instincts kick into gear, even if they're concerned that feminism doesn't give them the prestige or the respect they deserve, we could say, men, step up now and we will value what you have done. And feminism should benefit you and people don't talk enough about that, how uh, gender division isn't as necessary as people thought it was. We don't have to colour all the girls' toys pink. We don't have to tell boys... um, we don't have to be so defensive against the far, the cultural far left. They're not really, are they really going to force terrible things upon us all? I guess that's what too many people are afraid of. They're afraid of cultural extremists on the left uh, who have a degree of moral insistency that they are the right and that other people's perspectives lack, lack value and lack validity. And perhaps we need to remind those people that incremental change, incremental social engineering tends to achieve lasting results uh, better than conflict-inflaming revolutions. Yes, Rudy was thrown under the bus for a bit and I am a fan of Kamala Harris, which is why it says Go Harris in or Go Kamala in my uh, podcast title for today. I would like it if she picked a really strong VP, maybe Beto O'Rourke, who could bring along Texas, because Texans will vote for a Texan on the ballot. Uh, As Kamala likes to say, justice is on the ballot. Economic justice is on the ballot. Uh, Healthcare justice is on the ballot. Bob likes Elizabeth Warren, and I can concede why that would be appealing, because she aims to relieve the pressure on the middle and lower classes by asking wealthy people uber-wealthy people, to do more of their fair share. Now, I'm going to go, but thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. And all the best. Take care. I hope, I hope we all find ways to promote buy-in from white-collar voters who, do they all get their news from Fox? Uh, Champagne, I can see why you would be a Sanders supporter. He has articulated a lot of the structural problems with modern American society. And I was talking today to my guest, uh, Dr. David Reed, Reese, sorry, who was pointing out that, what was he pointing out? Oh, that there used to be more of a culture of providing service and more things have been privatized and, and monetized in that uh, the profit imperative is seen as far more significant now than providing a, a service. There used to be more pride and identity derived from the service provided uh, and less from boasting about the number of dollars you'd made. So, yes, that's all from me. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Craiger. Thanks, Paul. 
uh, who else do we have? I've forgotten. Champagne. Thank you, Bob. That's okay. You guys can be Bernie supporters. He does uh, invigorate a lot of people. I have at many times in the past ranted against Bernie because I, from looking at his behavior, I personally discern a pattern uh, that suggests to me he participated in the um, injustice of the 2016 election, that he reassured his supporters that he didn't think they would be racist or sexist if they voted for Trump because he looked ahead and was seeking to profit from a Trump win. Uh, And I also think he didn't campaign appropriately for Hillary and he took too long to concede a race that was clearly uh, resolved in her favour. Yes, The Anatomy of Fascism, you were talking about Robert Paxton's book. I hope I remember that. Um, Thank you for joining in, everybody. As I said, all the best. Take care. And if you have any ideas for how to improve this podcast, Periscope, or um, segments to include, or guests to invite, um, or vocal mannerisms to adopt, uh, I'll be still interested and welcoming of your feedback. Thank you. Take care.